The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Expensive Words Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Spencer. And if you're tuning in on IGTV on the Literary Symmetry channel, awesome. You're cool. So today I want to talk about the anatomy of a scene. And I know that this is probably going to be one of the most listened to episodes on this podcast. But instead of planning it out, uh, you know, my brain is kind of mushed from all of the writing that I've been doing every day. So I thought, I'm just going to like for reals this topic and uh, if you're watching right now, you can see, Ooh, for reals, because I want to tell you that writing a scene is not as scary as you think. And before I tell you that, which I already did, so I can't untell you because I don't have a time machine, I want you to understand what a scene is. Let's back up the truck a little bit, and we're going to understand what a scene even is. So if you're a brand new writer and you have no idea what I'm talking about, a scene is those things that chapters are split up into. So when you read a book, when you write a book, the first thing you write, the first thing you read is a scene. And chapters are split into scenes so that the reader, a.k.a. you, a.k.a. people who read your stuff, know where the actions, the thoughts are supposed to start and stop. And there's a main action and reaction for every chapter, just like there's a main action and reaction in every single book. But on the micro level, on the mini level, on the down low, you have a scene and each scene should have its own action and reaction. And a lot of people overthink this. They're like, okay, I need to plot out every scene and figure out what action and reaction needs to take place. And the first thing I want to say to you, if that's you, is don't do that because that used to be me. And you know what happened? I would get stuck all the time, like constantly. And it made writing really unfun, really unenjoyable. Unfun's not a word, by the way. And I don't want you to feel that way about writing because I love writing so much and I love you so much and I want you guys to be happy together. I want you and writing to get married and ride off into the, you know, rose color glasses type of sunset together. And if you're plotting so much and you're planning so much, it's going to be miserable for you because you lose the essence of what we call in the writing world the joy of discovery. And that is why I do a bare bones outline of my plot. I know plot point one, plot point two, plot point three, and I know each pinch point which happens between each one of those plots. And I know the conclusion. Those are five well, six things that I know when I'm going into the story. And the rest of it, I mean, I know about the characters, but I'm just kind of throwing things into the story. And uh, you might be 
irritated to hear me say that because I'm always like, plan, plan, plan. But listen, you have to figure out what the right balance is. And I'm an advocate for planning with room for the joy of discovery because that's what makes writing so fun, so thrilling. I know that my characters need to get to a certain point. I'm not ever sure exactly how they're going to get there and how the other characters will behave while that character is getting there. So I'm having fun because I'm essentially understanding the story as I go. And I know that uh, that sounds really scary to a lot of new writers out there. But when you learn how to work the action and reaction angle of story creation, you can do that every single time without stressing out. And you know you can. It's a repeatable uh, product. And that's what I'm trying to create for you with uh, all the projects that I'm working on right now, including the storyteller mindset. And I'm trying to help you understand how to get to a place mentally where you will be able to over and over again produce amazing stories, even on the micro level, even on the scene level. Okay? So... I don't know why my hair is like being so staticky. I don't understand. It's like freezing outside. Whatever. If you're watching me, you're watching my hair like poke up in an insane amount. That's okay. That's part of my personality is my crazy curly hair, which I have to like try to tame every day. Uh, So I want to get back now, though, (laughs) to the anatomy of a scene. So you heard me say that in every scene, we need like a micro, a mini, a Action and reaction. So, for example, if my chapter is going to be about, I'm trying to think about what I was writing today, but I can't tell you any of what I was writing today uh, unless I want to spoil it because I wrote the end of the book today. So, um, you know, so let's say I have a character and I know something about the character that's in the background. First of all, uh, I'm, I know my characters before I start writing, and the way I get to know them is through filling out writing worksheets, which are available to you for free if you go to literarysymmetry.com forward slash WTPR-F. And you're not only going to get free workshop, worksheets, you're going to get the actual worksheets that I use every day in my little writing dungeon, as my son calls it. And so... I know these things in the back of my mind before I even start the project. And I, if I'm writing a series, I know exactly how the series is going to end. And that's something you need to keep in mind so that you don't Veronica Roth yourself. And that means that you don't have a really good idea. And then you write the first book. And then the second book is meh. And then the third book undoes all the coolness of the first book, if you're writing a trilogy, for example. So uh, <laughs> Veronica Roth wrote the Divergent series, and it... <laughs> It broke my heart, and I I use it as an example all the time of what not to do because I will never trust her again with my reading eyes or my reading money or my reading time, okay? I don't care. I don't care what you say. I just won't. She burned me too hard. And um, I want you to understand who your characters are because if you know that, you can basically do anything else, and you're working on the character arc as you go. So let's say I have a book where, oh... I can do it. I can think of a completely unrelated premise for a book, even though I'm like right in the middle of this crazy series. Okay, I got it. Let's say I'm writing a book about a man who teaches adult education at a community college, and he needs to get brave enough to confront his grumpy wife who he knows is cheating on him. Uh it's kind of dark. Whatever. All right, whatever. We're just leaning into it. So w- I'm writing a scene where 
Let's start with the very first scene of the book, because that's the hardest one. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, no, I don't know how to start. So what you have to do in the first scene of any book is you have to hook the reader right away. So you tell the reader who the character is, what the character needs to do, what's at stake if the character fails, and then that's it. That they're like readers are just they want to know what's going on. And so I can do that in like one sentence. I normally do that right in the first paragraph because there's too much competition out there for readerly eyes. And I would also think, okay, what does he need to do in this scene to get to the next scene? And that's where I figure out action and reaction. And what what if I need him in order to like be successful on his journey to become brave enough to confront his cheating wife. He needs to meet a character that causes him to see that he needs to change. So what I would do in the first scene is I would show you why we're rooting for him as a character. I would put some endearing quality in there and I would use emotional imagery, which we talked about in the last episode where I talked about the five books in five weeks, day 10. You need to take an emotional thing like maybe he looks out at uh he looks out at the beautiful weather he feels the sunshine on his skin and he's sad because his wife doesn't go on walks with him anymore and you're like oh man i'm so sad cuz he's so nice he loves his wife why is she such a jerk so first of all i've just got you caring about my character which is amazing second of all i've showed you that he's a person with feelings just like you which makes him relatable and then i'm going to have him meet a character that is like way far ahead of him as far as emotional health, show you that by what the character does, the supporting character, and I'm going to uh, have them meet. So the action is that his life's a mess in this scene. He's sad. The reaction is he meets someone who sparks this little glimmer of hope inside of him, and he decides he's going to be friends with that person. Do you see? It's so simple. And I know that people will write in and be like, it's not that simple. You're, ma- you're making it seem easy. It's not that hard. Like, I'm not a genius. Do I know a lot about storytelling? Heck yes, I do. But it's not that hard to figure out what is the next thing that needs to happen in order for my character to get where they're going in their character arc. And that's how I break down a scene. I'm like, okay. I need. I know I need these things, these plot points to happen. I know I need this character arc to form. How can I use each scene to make the character get that much better at what I need them to get better at if they're going to defeat the villain, if they're going to, um, you know, overcome their personal demons, if they're going to do whatever it is that I told the reader they should do at the very beginning of the story. So you need to have certain things in your dialogue. I mean, in your in your scene, I skipped ahead in my brain. You need to have the part where the action happens. You need to have the emotional imagery where you're showing something that the character sees, feels, smells, whatever, and they're making an emotional connection that the reader can relate to. You also usually need to have some type of dialogue in each scene. What I like to do personally is if I have a really heavy dialogue scene where everybody's talking and there's also a magic trick to dialogue, which I will tell you in a second. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget to tell you. Dialogue magic. Okay. I'm going to put my post-it note right there on my little therapy light. So 
Uh, you need to have – what I like to do, like I said, is if I have a scene that's really heavy in dialogue, I like to counter it with a scene that is just description, especially if I've had several scenes in a row that are really dialogue heavy. And right now I'm writing a book full of teenagers and they love talking. Uh not that all teenagers love talking, but these teenagers like talking to each other because they're buddies, they're friends, they like each other. Um, some of them like like each other, all right? And so I try to balance that, like, where there's a lot of talking. Then I'll do maybe, like, an introspective scene where the character is doing some kind of action, right? Because you don't just want to info dump on the reader by telling them exactly what's happened or like that. You have them do some kind of action and that causes the character to think about what's going on. And that's an introspective scene. So I try to balance those out. I definitely have way more dialogue based scenes, but I try to have like four to one. So if I have uh, four crazy dialogue scenes, I'll, I'll insert an introspection scene in there. And Depending on how long your chapters are, it will dictate how many scenes you have. And how many scenes you have also depends on how long your scenes are. So um, I like to vary scenes depending on what I'm feeling because I have this sense of when scenes naturally end. And the longer you write and the longer you read, reading is really important for this, the more that instinct will come into play. And so sometimes I overthink it and I'm like, oh, this scene feels like it's over. I'm going to end it. And then I'm all, no, it needs some kind of transitionary sentence. You don't always need a transitional sentence. I'll tell you that. If you feel like the scene's over and it hasn't stopped abruptly, even though you're stopping abruptly and that you're not showing that action anymore, it's okay to move to the next thing, especially when the scenes are related to each other. Like the character does one thing, and then the next scene is a response to that thing that that character did from a supporting character. That was a lot of characters in that sentence. I apologize. Okay, so uh, the magic dialogue thing. This is the trick. I should do a whole episode about this because this is like literally a game changer. The magic thing that you can do with dialogue is if the dialogue that you have doesn't add new information or feelings into the story, don't do it. Okay, or like humor. Uh, today I wrote a scene where, like, these two teenagers were in their room eating pie, and then their friend comes in with his little sister, and she's like, what, there's pie? I didn't know there was pie. And she's like, why do they have secret pie? And uh, and the reason they're eating pie is because one of them is sad, and the parents gave them pie to make them feel better. And so none of the other guests have had access to the pie yet, and the little girl's like, oh, I want the the secret pie. But in that scene, okay, the reason they have pie reveals to the other character, the older brother, why they're upset. So it's adding information and it also adds a little bit of fun because the sibling really wants to know why the older kids in their room have pie and no one else has pie. And she's like, can I have some secret pie? You know, she keeps calling it secret pie. So that's the kind of thing you want to do with dialogue. If it doesn't add information, just delete it. I know it's so hard because you're like, I'm working so hard on these words. I love these words so much. But you cannot have things in there that do not pass through the story filters. And if you don't know what story filters are, you can go to literarysymmetry.com forward slash story filters and get my free ebook all about story filters, which are going to make your writing magic. If you're listening right now and you didn't see that cool move I just did. I'm sorry. I did like my fairy hands and I swayed in one direction. Uh, I'm feeling pretty sassy today because I'm excited that I finished another book. And 
So that's what you do with dialogue. You run it through story filters. You think, is this adding information that the other characters don't already know? Is this adding information that the readers don't know or understand? Which is uh, something you can use in order to, you have the character say what they're feeling to another character. And then, oh, look, the reader knows too. It's like, awesome. So that's what you're going to do with scenes. You want to kind of try to balance them out. And remember, all a scene is, you can do this is an action and a reaction that leads to the next scene where an action and a reaction happens. And then that compose that comprises a chapter where a bigger action and reaction happens. And those chapters comprise the entire book where an action and a reaction happens. And boom, you got a book. Good job. All right. So the next episode of the Expensive Words podcast is going to be my 100th episode. I cannot believe it. To all the people who have listened, to all the 1,000-something people who I don't know, uh, maybe I know like three of you, who have listened to this podcast, you encourage me so much. Thank you. I hope I'm helping you tell better stories. I hope you're learning a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that I'm like super uber passionate about storytelling, and maybe that can get exhausting. But if you're like me... You can change the world. You have the power to change the world one story at a time. Thank you for hanging with me so long. I'm going to do a special episode for my next episode. I haven't really decided what that is yet. I'm trying to get Maria to come on because I know that it would be so fun. Because, like, when we're together, it's, like, storytelling passion squared because she cares about storytelling so much, too. So, you know, I'm trying to convince her, but she's like, I don't know. So, yeah, if you want to go Insta-stalk her. And uh, you can, she's, um, yeah, books and board games, Insta-Stalker, and be like, please, Maria, go on the show. We all want to hear your beautiful sounding voice, and we want to hear you and Kristen geek out together for her 100th episode. But we'll see. If not for the 100th one, I'm definitely getting her on here this year. I'm going to be opening up to uh, interviews this year. There's a lot of fun things coming. I'm working my tail off trying to come up with a really simple way for you to implement all these things that I'm constantly talking about um, so that you can write the best story ever. And like I said, scenes are easy. You can do it. Oh, I should mention, I like already did my outro and everything, but scenes can vary in length, which I mentioned before, but like they can seriously vary in length. Sometimes my scenes are as short as 400 words. Sometimes they're as long as, uh, you know, 2000 words. So you don't want to break up the moment when you have that momentum going. This has to do with pacing. So if you're like, this moment's small, it's okay. Keep it a short scene. If you're like, this moment's long, that's all right. You can have a longer scene. You can vary, and also that adds excitement to the reader because they're not like, okay, and I'm going to read three pages and then a new chapter and three pages and a new chapter because readers like to be surprised in certain ways, and that's one way that they love to be surprised is when you're like, tiny thing, and they're like, oh, this must be really important because it's short. Cool. So, yeah, that was an extra note on pacing in scenes because we're talking about the anatomy of scenes and... It is never too late to write the story of your heart. That was the most awkward outro ever. Happy writing. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain.
happy writing.